Hello, and welcome to the Blog You Want in a Time You Have podcast, the show that empowers you to stop making excuses to not blog and realize the potential of content marketing. I'm your host, Scott Winteroth, co-founder of contentacademy.com. I invite you to join me each episode for actionable strategies for elevating your blog to the next level and hear from other content rock stars who will share with you exactly what keeps them on task so you can stop wishing for success and start living to your fullest potential. Ready? Three, two, one, publish. Hey everyone, it's Scott Winteroth, and this is episode number 38, Sources for Great Photography. Let's face it. Those who are killing it blogging are utilizing multiple mediums to tell their story. It's sort of like a trifecta, if you will, of clear writing, striking visuals, and hot media that literally spoon feeds content, utilizing audio and video content to readers. The challenge with blogging today is you can't expect a blockbuster post simply by arranging copy, images, and multimedia into a blog post. Each of these mediums come with their own techniques. Sometimes luck will strike and the right media paired together will make a hit, but often that only happens after years of building a technique and mastery and understanding of each one of these mediums, copies, images, and video. Think of it. An award-winning film is not award-winning without a perfectly complex combination of writing, acting, filmmaking, and the list goes on. Rather, success only comes from the sum of all those individual parts. The good thing with blogging versus a film is that we can fix and iterate our content. A flop film is, well, just a flop. If your blogging is not providing you with blockbuster success just yet, uh, get it, blockbuster? Then I invite you to join me for a series of what I consider back-to-basic lessons that I would deliver on this podcast. I know that you'll find this information useful for sharpening up your storytelling skills and building the blog you really want. Okay, so let's get started. If there's one thing I've learned about success, regardless of where you're at in your blogging journey, what got you here might not get to the next level. So regardless of where you're at, I encourage you to listen to this. You might get some tips. I know I put my best content forward here and I hope you'll find it useful regardless of where you're at in your journey. But ultimately, just remember that success requires constant review of what you've been doing and the persistence to keep it going. Okay, back to basics lesson number one, sourcing for photography. Blogging is a lot about writing, don't get me wrong, but we must not forget that images and graphics are a thousand percent a part of a content strategy. Adding a blog post to your site without some type of imagery is like only telling half the story. I think it's safe to say in the internet era, the old adage is still very true. A picture is worth a thousand words and not only in assisting in telling your story, but now more than ever with the platforms that use OpenGraph to grab the first image of your post when posting a link to like Facebook and the entire social media platforms that are centered around image and content sharing, AKA Instagram, right? Images are not just a pretty thing anymore. They are very much part of a content marketing strategy and a must for driving interest and clicks to your content. Since images have become such an important part of a blogging and content strategy, you can't really simply just use any old image anymore or take an image and put a bunch of text on top of it. You need imagery that is striking and enticing that can almost make a point without using any words, especially since distribution platforms like Facebook and Instagram want you to avoid using text on top of images completely. Facebook actually has a text overlay policy, which if you, if you know, Facebook also includes Instagram, which suggests that no more than 20% of the image should contain some type of text. And according to the Facebook actual 
from their website or from their, their advertising resources page, it says Facebook prefers ad images with little or no text because images with a lot of text may create a low quality experience for people on Facebook. And I have a link to that in the show notes if you want to check out the, where I got that. But from my understanding, this rule applies to their advertising policies, not necessarily to their organic content. But the last time I checked, there wasn't much action going on with organic content on Facebook, unless you have some type of an amazing cat video viral post. For most of us, I would think we we do boost posts, we do push out content, and we use their advertising platform to get distribution for our content. Therefore, the text overlay policy applies. And also, I would guess their algorithms probably also look for text-heavy images on all of their newsfeed items. So it applies to basically anyone posting content to Facebook and from for that matter. Therefore, the need for high quality images that can really convey their story on their own is more important than ever before. As a blogger, maybe a solo blogger or a small team, you probably are constantly sourcing for images and likely you're utilizing stock photography. Stock photography is images and artwork that were created with the intent to be sold as to like art directors or marketers who need a photo, but maybe don't want to take their own photo. Stock, stock has been around for a long time, but the availability and the ease of access exploded in the early 20 teens and continues to evolve today. The concept of pre-made marketing images has gotten a bad rap over the years a bit, and as millions of marketers seem to have used the same cheesy photographs of a business team at a conference table cheering or an auto mechanic that doesn't really look like an auto mechanic, but he's holding a wrench. So, hey, it makes it work. Um, I'm sure you've all seen these type of sort of cheesy stock photos, but ultimately every catalog, sales page, social media graphics seem to use the same photos, stock photos of models with the same type of cheesy pics. Well, stock has its reputation. It can be a great source of images for your blog. And as long as you pick the right ones to use for your content. There are even some great stock photography websites that offer all types of multimedia, some even for free with attribution. Let's face it, stock photography has its advantages. It's low cost, it's easy to get a hold of, and you can use it to tell your story in a pinch and on a budget. And it's usually high resolution, so it looks good in print applications or on very large website images. It also is often royalty free, meaning that you don't have to attribute or pay the, for the original source. And ultimately there's a way to sort of cover your behind because there's a paper trail on where you got it. So if anyone were to question the authenticity or, or the license of the image or content, you can say, hey, look, I purchased it here or I got it from here. Um, and then you can use to um, use that as a reference of where you got it. In fact, this really brings me to a uh, an idea that I had, and it's something that I do, um, and really a free resource that I'm offering to you. I recommend keeping a stock image download log where you keep all your links and sources from stock images that you have used on your website. This might sound like sort of a, a unneeded task, but believe me, there are some stock photography websites that come after people who use stock that is not authorized. So I highly recommend taking a little bit of time to keep track of a log with every image that you've downloaded, where you download it from, and potentially what page you have used it on on your website. 
If you want to head on over to blogyouwant.com slash 38, you can download a free template I created for you to inventory your stock image sources. This literally takes just a couple seconds to fill out when you work and do your blogging, but it could save you a huge time if you ever have to prove when and where you downloaded a photo. So be sure to head on over to blogyouwant.com slash 38 for this free resource. So we can thank the sharing economy as it has created an influx of new content and driven the prices down for some high quality stock to basically free since a plethora of creators are sharing their work in exchange for basically some attention. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't completely rip off images. Uh, Just because it's free doesn't mean you should just use it for whatever you want, in my personal opinion. Um, would you want someone ripping off your blog content? I don't think so. So same goes with images. But on sites like unsplash.com or pixabay.com, creators are knowingly giving away their work unlicensed and are not asking for any form of payment or even attribution, which I think is awesome. I appreciate them for that. In exchange, they receive promotion on these websites, uh, which are rather popular because of the free resources they give out. And and ultimately, they're using these to basically bolster their portfolios, um, their image portfolios, so they can sort of use that to get more work or they can say they have a million dollar downloads on this website. Um, on a side note, uh, be sure to thank the photographers when you use their images from this website. Uh, I try to, to give them a thank you link back whenever I use a po- whenever I use the image from one of these platforms, especially if it's like sort of with a blog post where it makes sense. Um, you know, a, a kind note can be can go a long way. Even just emailing and say hey th- or tweeting them and saying hey thanks for letting me use your photos, I appreciate it. Uh, you never know. That always just creates good vibes. Licensing of stock photography can actually be a bit tricky, especially when you're not paying for it, but Obtaining a license is in your best interest. These photos that are available for free are amazing, but there is a little bit of a problem with it, or at least something that I could want to say, not a problem, but something you should maybe consider. The licensing of stock photography can be tricky, and there are websites that go out there and will try to find who and what is using their photos and will ask you to pay for it if you're using their photos illegally um, or unlawfully, however you want to call it. But either way, um, when you pay for stock, when you pay for purchasing stuff of a particular website, then it's much easier to prove that you have a license for it. And that's sort of in your best interest, even if it's just a couple dollars or two, in my opinion. I love free photos. I use them all the time. But I always like to keep in mind, if I have a paper trail, then I can prove where I got these photos and why. Most stock photography offers licenses for photos they sell or distribute, but it's always best to review the license and what that entitles for you to do with that photo that you have acquired. Some sites allow for you to use any photo so long as you attribute the author or source. More on this later. Other photos are available for purchase or download, but they are not available for commercial use and are marked for editorial use only. And this is a rather gray area when it comes to blogging, uh, if blogging is considered editorial use or not. Most of the time, it's not considered news or editorial. So it's probably best to either ask for the appropriate permissions to use that photo for quote-unquote commercial use or avoid using the photos if they are only meant for editorial use. Uh, Commercial licenses provide the most sort of um, access to stock photography, meaning that you have the most freedoms and you can basically use it for any type of business purposes out there. Um, So be careful with this. Just because this is editorial use in your blogging doesn't mean you can necessarily use editorial photos for your blogging. And I just want you to be safe and not find yourself in a tricky situation. 
And this, of course, all comes with some more caveats, if you will. Just because a photo has been av made available on a stock website, it doesn't always mean that it's cleared for commercial use. So for example, if it is a photo that has a recognizable human, especially a celebrity or a recognizable landmark, that doesn't always mean that you can just use that photo for anything you want. A really good example where you might require some additional licensing would be in a photo that contains a work of art. Here in Chicago, everyone takes photographs with the Bean, aka CloudGate, that you can find images on stock websites with many, many photos of the Bean. Um, but the truth is, that doesn't mean you can use that photo for your commercial needs. Um, rather, the Bean is a work of art, and therefore that itself has its own copyright. So you have to be careful when you use photographs that contain recognizable works of art, or humans, or celebrities, or anything like that. Um, and it may not be like a big deal right now, but as you grow as a blogger or as, as you grow and build your authority online, you don't want to be caught up in something stupid that you did 10 years ago, right? So just be careful with how you upload images, use them, and make sure that you have the proper license and the commercial license when you go to use this particular artwork. You know, certain limitations with photos will always apply, especially if it contains any type of intellectual property, a private residence, an identifiable human face, especially of minors uh, within the photo. Always use these types of photos with much caution and with a model release or permission from the property owner if you have any type of photos with identifiable human faces and you're blogging in a way that's like not editorial, it's commercial, whatever. You just have to be careful. You rather, it's better to cover your behind than it is to find yourself uh, in a world of hurt later on. Then again, I want you to create as you can. Sometimes you just got to do it and just see what happens. But, um, you know, just keep this stuff in mind. Obviously, don't take pictures of minors and post on your website without permission. I mean, that's kind of a given, but do what you can to create content. You know, we all live in a mobile camera phone enabled world where everyone posts images of pretty much anything these days online, but it's always good to be safe and at least know what you're doing could be used against you someday. Uh, in some cases, blogging may tip towards fair use of content, but always proceed with caution when using imagery with identifiable content know that you might be at a minimum asked to remove and stop using that photo or worse, you never know what could happen. Uh, never use a photo in a way that it perceives an endorsement or ownership without written approval. Um, meaning that the subject of the photo, you don't want to make it look where the subject of the photo looks like it's endorsing your product, your website, or anything like that, uh, especially with celebrities and influencers. Just the last few years, a very famous basketball player won a huge settlement from a grocery store chain where the judge agreed that the star's likeness was used without proper compensation or consent. Um, when you become famous, do you want people to rip off you? I don't think so. Even though this basketball player probably didn't need the money, he was right. He was His brand and likeness was used in a way without his compensation. So he won. Um, to sum up my, my final tip for keeping yourself in the clear with stock photos, be sure to avoid downloading from online sources where you're not there's not a strict upload policy from creators or uh, any type of approval process for vetting content. Uh, do everything you can to cover your rear end when it comes to using photos. Like I mentioned with the Bean example, just because a user uploaded the photo to, to a stock website, even a stock website that could be rather reputable, doesn't mean they have the right to grant to use that photo for anything you want. Uh, make sure the license is clear and make sure that if there's anything in the photo that could be subject to a license, trademark, intellectual property, whatever, 
be sure to get the proper approvals to use it. Stay in the clear by knowing the usage rights and get permission whenever it's not clear, period. Be sure to purchase stock from reputable stock photography sources and maybe even only ones based in your country of origin where the copyright laws are in line with the license of the artwork. Uh, just because a stock website in halfway around the world has artwork available, that doesn't mean the copyright laws there are the same here. So you have to really be careful with the World Wide Web because it's a global marketplace. Okay, so I have a bunch of sources for stock photography websites that I want to share with you. You can find direct links to all these sources within the show notes at blogyouwant.com slash 38. Um, I've listed them basically in like free, premium, and pro versions. Um, they're in alphabetical order, but in, in each one I have like, I've bolded the ones that I, I personally like a lot. So for example, uh, for the free, I like pexels.com a lot. Pixabay also.com is very great for um, free uh, free photos, free stock photos. Unsplash.com is also another favorite of mine um, that I go to source for free stock photos. On the premium side, like lower end premium, like anywhere that's like a dollar to $10 for a photo. Um, I like 2020.com, which is T-W-E-N-T-Y-T-2-0.com, 2020. Um photodune.net is another one that I've used where you can usually get photos anywhere from a dollar to five dollars. I think it's all five dollars now, but uh, 123RF is another one that I've used in the past. And then more on the pro side where you're definitely going to be paying some money for some images. They'll have some great they have some great images to buy, but they're definitely um, expensive. Is iStockphoto.com by Getty Images. I mean, this is like the holy grail of stock photography. The photos on here are generally used by magazine publishers and all that around the world. I definitely recommend this if you have the budget and the, the resources to purchase uh, stock photography from uh, Getty. Uh, Shutterstock.com is another sort of subscription model website. Uh, Dissolve.com is another one that is really cool. And even Adobe the makers of Photoshop and Illustrator, they have gotten into the stock business uh, within the last couple of years with stock.adobe.com. So the links to all these plus more will be available in the show notes. Just head on over to the blog you want com slash 38, and you can check out all the links to the stock websites that I have listed here on this blog post or on this podcast episode. But just to name a few, these are just there are hundreds of free and premium stock websites. But as I mentioned, try to stick with the ones that are reputable. Um, and even that, you should double check your sources on that as well. Uh, some of these free sites also link to like premium photos too. This is a way for them to make some money. So be sure that what you're clicking on is actually a free photo and not a link to an advertised photo that goes to a um, referral service or a premium service. Unless you really want that photo, go for it. But I'm just saying just be careful what you're clicking on because what you're clicking on could actually be a premium photo. Um, for most of the premium sites, pricing, of course, varies. But um from site to site, but most offer the option to purchase one photo or a subscription for a bucket of photos. The more premium sites have really cool ways to search for photos on their website and create like light box collections, which is cool. Uh, you can even search by color tones and that kind of stuff. And they have like advanced search options, which can, which can help you save time. And as you know, time is money, folks. <laughs> the blog you want, the time you have, right? So um, yeah, for sure. I like the the premium sites because they have really cool search filters. But at the same time, uh, some of the free sites have some really great artists that do photos and they're just amazing. I really try to look at all of them. You just never know what will be the right photo for the right uh, content. I want to talk about some other sources for photography for your blog as well. Uh, stock photography is probably the most common source for images. But there are some other sources that you may or may not be aware of. Um, 
here are some of the other maybe not so obvious sources for free, low-cost Creative Commons or what we would call public domain images for blogging and content marketing efforts. You probably have heard of Creative Commons before, which uh, Creative Commons is not a source for images, but rather a license that allows for the public use of images as long as the user follows the license restrictions. Uh, the CC license you may have seen is one of several public copyright licenses that enable the free distribution of otherwise copyrighted work. Um, but the author of this piece of content has uh, given or has chosen to grant other people the right to share, use, and build upon the work they have created. Some of the stock photography websites that I mentioned, like Unsplash, uh, Pixabay, and Pexels actually use sort of a uh, modified version of the Creative Commons license. You have probably are familiar with Creative Commons if you've ever used a site like Wikipedia. It, you know, Wikipedia is the crowdsourced uh, encyclopedia, and they, everything on Wikipedia is sort of Creative Commons. So um, they have like Wikimedia as well, which is a, another way that if you upload artwork into the wiki, you have to provide a Creative Commons license for them to use it. There are six main licenses to Creative Commons, with the most restrictive license, if you will, of the six main licenses that only allows others to download works and share them with others as long as they credit the original author. Uh, the least restrictive license that lets, lets others distribute, remix, tweak, and build upon a piece of work, even commercially, if they credit the original author for the photo. Uh, this is the most accommodating of the licenses. You know, keep in mind, it still requires attribution to the original source. I think this is the main difference to some of the stock photography websites where you don't really have to attribute the original source. Most Creative Commons licenses require that you link back to and or attribute the original source before you go and share them. And I'm going to give you some ideas of where you would find images in the Creative Commons space. But this means if you decide to use a Creative Commons license photo for your blog, then you must use the photo in a way that you can attribute to the original source with a link. Uh, you have to be careful to not modify a photo in a way that would be in um, not that would not be eligible by that license. So some photos you can remix or edit or tweak. Some photos you cannot, um, but it's just good to know which one you're doing and sort of keep yourself in the clear. Also, just a bit of fair warning, just like with stock photography, as I mentioned before, just because a photo is available in a Creative Commons space doesn't mean that the user who uploaded it had the rights for you to use it in any way you want or the topic of the photo or the what's in the photo may not be of license either. So you have to be really careful when doing this stuff. Always err to the side of caution. Again, it's helpful to keep track of your download. So be sure to use a template that I created for you in the show notes, uh, blogywant.com slash 38 if you want to download that free template. Okay, so a couple sources for finding um, Creative Commons type work. Uh, probably the most familiar one is Wikimedia Commons, which I, again, I will share all the links to these sources in the show notes at bloggywant.com slash 38. Uh, Wikimedia Commons is a source for images that you could use under the Creative Commons license. Just be sure you have the right license or the right attribution with that license. Um, Google, even Google Advanced Image Search allows to search images with a CC filter. So this is pretty cool. Um, again, I will share a link in the show notes with further instructions on this. But if you go to images at google.com, you can search images. And then if you go to the advanced search tab, you can search for images that have commercial use Creative Commons licensing, um, which is pretty cool. 
Also, Flickr. Uh, maybe you might, Flickr's been around for a long time. It's a photo sharing platform, and there's lots and lots of images on that platform. And again, just like Google Images, they have an advanced search, which lets you search for com- commercial use allowed uh, licenses on Flickr. But again, just because you they are available on these platforms doesn't mean you have the right to use them. And also, you have to be careful with the license and how the attribution system works. So be sure to read up on this and know if you're going to use sources from Wikimedia, Google, or Flickr that you understand the licensing, the Creative Commons license, and how it works. Finally, there's, there's one more source of images that most people probably don't think of, but I thought I would uh, share it here. This is probably my last source of image. Like I wouldn't think of these myself when I'm looking for images, but sometimes you're in a pinch or sometimes you're looking to report about a particular uh, historical event or something like that. And open access or public domain images are another source of images that you could use for, uh, for your blog. So, uh, some of these uh, public open access images are avail- made available for the media and public because they were sponsored by taxpayers like you and me, or they are now public domain because the copyright has expired and the author did not renew their copyright. So, for example, government websites such as NASA's website, Library of Congress, National Park Service, and more, these websites often have public domain images because they were sponsored by taxpayers or they have images that are in the public domain because the original copyright holder no longer um, owns the copyright. Uh, there is another great website, U.S. Historical Images, and I'll have a link in the show notes uh, where you can get lots of really great public domain uh, images of war maps and other historical imagery, especially if you're looking, you know, you're a history blogger or you want to reference a, a particular historical uh, figure. Definitely something to consider. And then another great website, which is called Public Domain Review. They've got lots of great images on there. They're in the public domain. Um, just as always, be sure to double check your work and keep track of what you downloaded and where and how. Um, and I think uh, you'll just use this to keep yourself in the clear. Be sure to head on over to the blog you want, com slash 38 to download my free template for keeping track of your stock of photography images. All right. So this is my final point to wrap this episode up. But going further with your photography, the truth is these are all fine sources for images that already exist. But aren't we in the business of original content? Uh, Just like you wouldn't go and copy someone else's blog post, using stock photos can almost be the equivalent, in my opinion. Um, If you want to take your blogging and content marketing to the next level, you can't expect stock photos to always carry you there. In order to win, you have to go above and beyond everyone else. So I would suggest looking at making some of your own photos and video to accompany your blog content and storytelling. 10 years ago, I took a field photography class, and it was one of the best things I ever did. It was fun. I love photography. Uh, And it really got into accelerating my content creation efforts. At the time, I was music blogging. So instead of just going to the concert and writing and writing about what I experienced, I was also able to sort of share my, my own photos that I took of the artists. Uh, This was an amazing experience for me, and it helped me create a portfolio of just my photography, not only my writing on my blog. I had to invest the time into learning, of course, and getting some pro-level equipment, and um, but it has all paid back tenfold for sure. Um, You don't need to invest a ton in brand new equipment to get started. Don't get me wrong. My first camera was used, 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 very used, used and abused, to be honest with you. But um, and I found it on Craigslist at the time, and this is this is decades ago now. Um, but it's really easy to look up some pretty great uh, great uh, equipment on uh, marketplaces like Facebook and even eBay. And you can find a really great couple was at one time, maybe a $2,000 camera for literally a couple hundred bucks. 
um, and just do whatever you can. Try to get the best camera and lens that you can afford at that moment, at that time. And just go out and take photos. I mean, I love photography. It is now a big part of my job. And thankfully, I'm able to use my creativity to make all that happen. You can totally use your smartphone camera. And I really encourage that. Um, if you had to have no other equipment, just go with it. Your cameras, your camera phone is perfect. But honestly, it's a little investment into some entry-level camera equipment can go a long way. Uh, for sure, even if it's used equipment. But clients, you know, and really it comes down to clients and PR people and people that you interact with will take you more seriously when you show up with what looks like you have some legit equipment for the job. I mean, if you hired a plumber and they show up with IKEA tools or something like that, would you think they were legit? Probably not. So as a creator, you need to show up to the job with the right tools for the trade. And of course, it's up to you to learn how to use these tools correctly um, just because you own a camera doesn't make you a pro, but it puts you in the right context with a no excuse path to learning how to take photos when you have the equipment ready to use. For some additional recommendations on entry-level photography equipment, then be sure to subscribe to this podcast and get many more awesome episodes delivered right to your device. Join me in episode 39 where I'm going to cover in detail how to maximize your blog's images by minimizing the pixel count. This is going to be a twofold, both a podcast and a video, so I hope you can join me in the next episode. Please be sure to go to blogyouwant.com to subscribe and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher service of choice like Apple, iTunes, or Google Play. Um, please, again, one more appeal, please subscribe. And so you get the notifications when these new episodes come out. And if you like what I'm doing, please feel free to email me at scott at contentacademy.com. And if you really like what we're doing, please give us a five-star review. We would totally appreciate it. If you have any, any questions, reach out. Now get blogging. Get blogging.